A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond. We have our week eight review uh, just ahead. We've got Katie joining us uh, again. Wow, what a week of football it was. A lot of shocks, a lot of surprises, a lot to talk about. Um, Do get us on social media on Facebook at Across the Pond Sports Pod and get us on Instagram as well Um, and at Twitter or on Twitter even at ATP Sports Pod. Um, We are going to be on Collide again this weekend. Um, so please do download the app and join us for our watch party on Collide. Uh, we're going to cover Red Zone uh, for the first half, uh, so for, for the opening slate of games and the early ones, um, and then we're going to pick a game uh, to watch um, with you all, uh, which we'll dedicate ourselves to uh, in the second half of those games. So um, do join us uh, on Collide. Um, last week was a lot of fun. A lot of banter going on, especially between me and Katie and our fantasy teams um, as they were playing each other. Uh, but by all means, do join us and we look forward to, to speaking to you on there, um, getting some feedback from you as well. Um, other than that, um, we're going to get on with the show real quick. We've got a good show for you ahead. Um, and uh, we've got Katie coming right up. Okay, so we have our week eight review ahead of us, and Katie's back for this. Thursday night was a a big night um, of football for the Falcons. If you're a Falcons fan, the Falcons showed up, uh, actually played a game. Um, The Falcons' defense in particular um, had a big stop at the end of this game, Katie, and they they managed to hang in for the win. It finished 25-17, and for a Thursday night game, it, it was actually all right. Yeah, and and like you said, anything can happen on Thursday nights. I mean, I I thought it was going to be kind of a slam dunk sort of win for the Panthers because they've been getting better uh, just every week. Teddy Bridgewater looks like he's getting more comfortable uh, as the starting quarterback. They're one game away from bringing back Christian McCaffrey. So I thought Mike Davis was going to have a really big game. And it was Thursday night. It, 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 the Falcons defense looked like one of the best defenses in the league on Thursday. So <laughs> I have 
it was a really good game to watch. And um, I'm, like you said, I'm sure Falcons fans are really happy that they got that sort of performance out of uh, their team. I mean, their their running game was was pretty uh, weird. Brian Hill suddenly looked like the you know number one back, and Todd Gurley just looked flat. Matt Ryan really was not spectacular, but their defense is what won the game for them, and that's what's been hurting them every week. So, yeah, Matt Ryan um, probably in previous games has has done exceptionally well and the defense have lost it for them whereas this time he's not played so well and, and the defense has managed to to get that win so it's good Teddy Bridgewater actually you're, you're right I mean he had a pretty decent game he, he threw one interception but he didn't really do too much wrong he's still running the ball a lot which is an issue um but Mike Davis did a, an okay job. I mean, he was averaging about five yards a carry. So it was pretty decent. Um, the game itself, I think, yeah, for a Thursday night game, it probably was one of the, the better ones. And um, the Falcons win 25 to 17. Um, so their record goes to two and six. Uh, the Panthers record now at three and five. So um, more losses up there for the, for the Panthers. But I reckon their record will probably end up 50. Uh, or 500 um, by the end of the season. Um, you had taken the Panthers to win this one. Yeah, I, I should have, you know, I should have played into that Thursday night uh, curve, but... That's the whole reason yeah. I took the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I, I remember when you picked the Falcons, I was like, you're taking the Falcons to beat the Panthers? And I was like, well, actually, maybe you're right. It's Thursday. And anything that you can predict typically on a Thursday is just up in the air. So that, yeah, that was a, a good pick by you. And uh, hopefully the Falcons defense can keep playing this way for the rest of the, for the rest of the year. Let's hope so. And what is the next game that you have? Next game that I have is the Patriots against the Bills. I mean, and this game was a lot closer than I, than I thought it was going to be. You know, the, the Pats only lost by three and the, the, Josh Allen looked like a ghost of his former self from weeks one and two. I mean, where is, where is that quarterback? Uh, he, he just looked lost out there. He only threw for 154 yards, had an interception. I mean, all of a sudden now they have a running game with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, which is great, but this was a completely different team than we had seen in weeks one through seven. Um, so Bills came out, they got that, they got the win, not by much. And Patriots are at two and five, a very unfamiliar spot that men that they've not been in in a while. They're they're not looking good. Um Cam Newton is not looking good. Uh, but they did just go out and make a trade today um for some wide receiver help. So that maybe maybe they're still trying to make a push for the playoffs, but it's going to be an uphill battle for those Patriots. It's one thing saying a wide receiver, but then you probably need to have a quarterback that's willing to throw the ball <laughs> for a wide receiver to, to actually catch it. Um, Josh Allen was totally out of sorts. Um, he, it was almost as if, like you say, he was just a ghost of his former self. Uh, he didn't play well. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss did carry the offense. Um, Stefan Diggs was was pretty decent when the ball was actually getting thrown to him. Uh, it was 
a very tight game. Now you say you were surprised that the Bills only won by three. However, you took the Bills by three. I know, I know, <laughs> I I did, and but it was funny because I was listening to the the podcast again to see which picks I made because I don't write them down when we make our picks. Um, I just go out willy nilly with what my gut is. Um, so I was like, oh man, I actually had that right because I I took them by three, but I really thought it was going to be. I don't know, a little bit more of a decisive win out of the Bills. Um, I mean, maybe they would have only won by three, but they would have looked better doing it. I, yeah. I just, I thought that them winning by three is kind of like, gosh, what you guys have, there's some stuff that we got to figure out before the rest of the season here, because that if they play this week, like they play against the Patriots, they're not going to be able to keep winning. No. I mean, the Cam fumble really let the Bills off the hook at the end. Um don't know what's going to happen at quarterback for the Patriots. Uh, it looks obviously we're the trade deadlines now, um, but uh, so it doesn't look as though they're probably going to bring anyone in. However, you can't imagine that Bill Belichick and the experience he has, because Bill Belichick hasn't forgotten how to coach. That's not why they have a losing record. It is mistakes like this where you fumble the ball when you're what was it twenty yards away? So uh, 15, 20 yards away. So. It's, I mean, the Bills got off the hook big time. Uh, they were lucky, um, but sometimes you need luck. They're six and two, the Bills, but they didn't look like a six and two team. So it uh, finished 24 21 uh, to the Bills. So well done to them. Uh, the next one we've got is a heartbreaker for me. The one time I didn't take the Bengals to win. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bengals win it. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest. This was actually a really, really good game to watch on Red Zone. Uh, it was something that just kind of flowed. Uh, there was lead changes. It was just everything. And then that fourth quarter was just immense. There was just a lot of scores. It finishes 31-20 to the Titans, um, which is – sorry, to the Bengals, um, which I was happy with, not that I hadn't taken the, them to win it. And um, Burroughs uh, throws for two touchdowns. Um, Bernard was a, a big, decent runner. That was all they really had. Um, Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Tate—you know that the ball was getting thrown around, uh, which was great to see. But Joe Burrow takes his second win, um, and he looked really confident against the Tennessee Titans team that, up until last week, when they got beat by the Steelers, were unbeaten. So it, it kind of bloodies the nose of the Titans team, and the Titans just didn't look like they were really in the game uh, at some points of this. Yeah, it's it's been something that's been really good to to see the the, the Bengals come out and just continue to grow uh, because they're they're looking they're looking better and better every week. Uh, even without having Joe Mixon, I mean Giovanni Bernard. He, I, I don't understand why they don't try and do more of a time. Well, I guess they do do a bit of a timeshare with Mixon and Bernard, um, but. Whenever they do that, Bernard really doesn't ever seem to find his groove. But when it's just him as the featured back, like he he shows up and he he played really good. Joe Burrow, he's he's something special, and I think that we're gonna be getting used to seeing a lot more Bengals wins uh, in the future. Yeah, Burrow, I think we've we've kind of been on him all all year so far. He looks really good. He looks like a number one pick uh, quarterback, and. Yeah, the Bengals, I think, have a bright future ahead as long as they can keep a hold of them. Um, on the Titans' side, 
Ryan Tannehill was okay. Um, he, he wasn't amazing. Derek Henry had a, a pretty decent game. Uh, so did uh, Jeremy McNicholas when they, they got him the ball. But it was just a bit of a, a flat game from the Titans, and, and they, they lose at 31-20, um, which was kind of sad because last week it was all about the Titans unbeaten, the Steelers unbeaten, uh, and you kind of thought they might fight back um, after losing to the Steelers last weekend, but sadly it wasn't to be. Um, what game do you have next? I have the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. And man, what a dud of a game this ended up being. Um, I think mostly just because of the crazy wind um, that they had for that game. It was, there was a field goal attempt at the beginning of the game where it looked like it was going super, super wide right. And all of a sudden it just like, (laughs) totally like, goes off to the left and he misses it and it misses the entire like netting in the back. Uh, so it was, it was totally um, a, a crazy game. I think be mostly because of the wind, but um, yeah, my, our, the Cleveland Browns weren't able to pull it out. I thought that, I mean, I, I hope that they were able to turn things around soon um, without having Odell there, but um, that they're, they looked like kind of lost. And uh, I, I just think that maybe the wind played a huge factor to, to the loss, but uh, Raiders were able to figure it out and, and come away with a win. Uh, Josh Jacobs ran for almost 130 yards rushing on the day. Um, and I think that's, that was the biggest difference is that the Raiders were able to find a running game where the Browns weren't. Kareem Hunt only ran for 66 yards. Um, I think that once uh, Bradley Chubb comes back, that they'll be able to do that two-headed monster again. But uh, yeah, the Raiders ended up pulling out the win by 10 so it was it was I was hoping for a bit of more of a, a shootout but um I think that wind kind of affected that that shootout potential I think the wind definitely played a part because on both sides Browns and Raiders um Carr and uh, Mayfield threw for 24 and 25 respectively but only completed on 15 and 12 so it, it really small yardages as well. Um, Derek Carr threw for 112, Baker Mayfield 122. So I think both teams very aware of the wind and both tried to go to a running game. And as we've seen this season already, Kareem Hunt has been good, but just not always. Um, And I think that really played a a big factor. Um, And I think as well on the defensive side, the Browns have always, um, sorry, always getting... Uh, sacks and it's something their defense has been really really good at and it's something that because I think it was going more to a running game for the the Raiders it took that aspect of the defense right out of the game and I think that's probably why uh, the Raiders were able to come away with a win they they won at 16-6 it was like you say it wasn't the best game to watch and I think like you say the wind pays a major fact because there was a couple of field goals in there and they just, you could see it. They, they were going up nice and straight, looking brilliant. And then obviously there was a gust of wind and it just went, woof. <laughs> it just went. Yeah. I mean, like if you want to watch some crazy, you know, field goal attempts, it was an awesome game, but just as far as good football, uh, that wind just kind of took, took the wind right out of the sails on that game. So you take this one. Um, you had the uh, Raiders by seven. I uh, had them by three. So we both had them to win. Um, on the last game, the Titans 
we both had the Titans. Um, neither of us had the Bengals. Uh, I think I just said that I'd take the Bengals. Um, or hadn't taken them um, for the first week ever. <laughs> the next game we have is the Colts and the Lions. Now, Matthew Stafford failed to to play clean football when it kind of the pressure was on him um, and on the line. Um, the defense reverted to its old ways, failing to put really enough pressure on on Philip Rivers, who we've seen in previous weeks when pressure has been applied, he's not really been able to deal with it that much. And it, it was kind of a, a shock to me that um, that the Colts um, were able to win by this much. Yeah, it, it shocks me too. And I mean, because if you look at the stat lines, I mean, the the Matthew Stafford had a great game. He threw for 330 plus yards, um, three touchdowns. He did have one interception, but uh, he he had a great quarterback game. What was hard is that they had zero rushing game. I maybe they forgot to bring uh, Adrian Peterson and DeAndre Swift, or, or tell them to plan on playing because I mean, between their two main backs. Peterson and Swift, they had a total of 1.6 yards rush or eight yards rushing on 12 carries, um, which is horrible. Uh, and I mean, I don't feel like we've been talking about the the Colts amazing run defense all year. I, this came out as a surprise to me. I thought that the, it was going to be a closer game and I did not see the Colts just coming in and dominating. Uh, I mean, the, it was 20 to seven at halftime. I mean, and they, they never really let the lions feel like they, they had a chance at winning. I feel. Yeah. I mean, Philip Rivers didn't have a, the best game he's had. I mean, he threw um, 33 for 23 and, and didn't really kind of, he wasn't exactly zoned in. He did throw for three touchdowns for 262 yards but it was that running game that, that did seem to suddenly pick up. I mean, it wasn't on fire of a, a running game, but I think they were using it more and trying to get, get get plays made. And I think when they were up by so much, they were using that lead just to get uh, the running backs into the game. So it was a tough one, and it was a tough one to watch. Even though this is a high-scoring game, it, it did kind of stop and start. Um, there was a full – I think it was a full – quarter uh, yeah I mean there was pretty much full quarters where there was no score uh, mm-hmm. or just one touchdown so um finishes 41 21 um you do not win this one uh because you're taking the lines to win um I taken the Colts to win by four yeah and I think that you know I was I was kind of more behind the team trying to rally around their head coach uh I, I do think that they're playing for Matt Patricia's job right now I I I don't hear about him being on the hot seat this week or whatever, but they uh, they they do need to win some games and they have to have a better running game uh, going forward if they're going to compete with these you know uh, above average teams. Definitely. Um, what is the the next game that you've got coming up? Next game I have is the shocker of the Vikings beating the Packers at home. Um, my, my wife was absolutely she she didn't look anymore she she got to like halftime and she was like no I can't watch <laughs> can't watch is it she, is she a Packers fan yeah yeah she's a Packers fan so. oh yeah um I mean I and I don't feel like they played that I mean it was the 
the de- the defense. I, I don't feel like they played uh, that bad. I mean, the, the Packers. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had almost 300 yards throwing. He had three touchdowns. Played great. Jamal Williams showed up. Ha- averaged over four and a half yards a carry. Um, but it was the Dalvin Cook show. I mean, he he was unstoppable. He 30 carries for 163 yards. I mean, he just had a day. I mean, he also was the leading receiver. He, you know, had over 63 reception yards. Dalvin Cook just came out and, and won the game for the Vikings. The, the Packers had zero answer for stopping any sort of Dalvin Cook, um, whether it was him in the passing game or, you know, running the ball. He, he just, he won the game for, for the Vikings. And I don't, I mean, maybe the, I thought the Vikings would be sellers at the trade deadline. Um, you know, but maybe they're going to, you know, try and make that final push and get back into the playoff picture. I thought it was, this game shocked me. And some news just coming in for Green Bay as well, uh, that Green Bay and Houston couldn't agree on a value for Will Fuller. So um, there's no help coming uh, on the offensive side anyways uh, for Green Bay. Um, I, I, I watched most of this on, on um, Red Zone, like everyone. This was a game where when the offense was on for Green Bay, it looked like every week's offense for Green Bay, they looked really good. And Rodgers was throwing the ball well. Uh, Jamal Williams was running pretty well. The Vikings, though, when they came on, and like you say, Cook was just a man on a mission. Uh, He just looked like he was all over the place, receiving, rushing. And he didn't look like he, he needed to take a breath either. So... It was a really, really strong win for, and a surprise win for the Vikings, especially at Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers probably goes in this week a little bit annoyed at his defense for not helping him out. <laughs> um, I, mean, I think he did everything he possibly could, um, okay. throwing for three. So it was a tough one. Um, it was lucky for me, and, and we'll talk about this now, um, because Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback on my fantasy team. And uh, as the Josh Allen is my quarterback on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, the <sighs> ghost. Um, so yeah. I, I won fantasy this week. Uh, Pretty handedly. Against the Denver Psychics. Um, <laughs> I was quite happy with that. I had some, some good performances. I'd like to shout out to my players. That. <laughs> 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 uh, it was it's fantasy. Um, you, you do have a you did inherit a team. In all fairness, I, I will make that asterisk for you. Uh, you did inherit a team that probably wasn't the greatest. It had a lot of giants players on it. Uh, <laughs> um, what can no, you do? What can you do, indeed? So uh, I, I go top in my my conference, so I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> although I'm about to play the top of the other conference, which uh, yeah, as you say, I'm just part of the base. Maybe I should change my team into the basement dwellers. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, right then. So on this game, then uh, we both took the Packers to win, um, and we actually had them handedly winning this. Um, you had them by ten. I had them by fourteen. So um, we both get hammered. <laughs> hammered in that one. <laughs> um, the next one I have is, is an easy one to talk about, and it is the Jets and the Chiefs. Um, Thirty-five to nine uh, for the Chiefs. It was. As expected, um, there was no surprise here. Um, the Jets just, it's almost as if, I think we mentioned it last week, 
it's almost as if they are going for that number one pick um, next season. Uh, we we spoke it was spoken about on Collide when we were on the the app um, covering Red Zone for Collide, and it was very much the talk was they're just going after the number one pick. They want the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. So um, very much looks like that. And I don't see Adam Gaze go. I think he's not in the hot seat until the end of the season where they bring in a real coach that can actually coach a team when they've got a quarterback. Yeah, the, they're, the Jets are a mess. I, and I do think that they're just going after Trevor Lawrence, tanking for Lawrence. Um, because, I mean, this game... I mean, Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns and 416 yards. I mean, like, he was, again, I, I feel like I say this all the time, like, but he was just a human cheat code. And, um, again, you know, Chad Henney, the guy that I didn't even know was in the league anymore, he came in and had, you know, a couple opportunities to throw the ball around. And even he was completing the pass. I mean, it was, uh, it was not a, you know, pretty game for – the Jets at all I guess like the only takeaway that Adam Gates and the Jets have from this game is that Le'Veon Bell did nothing um you know he came in against his old team and they gave him the ball just as they gave Le'Veon Bell just as many carries as um Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and you know Bell only rushed for seven yards on six carries so I mean like maybe that's they're like hey guys if we can do anything during this game against the Chiefs, let's just make sure Le'Veon Bell doesn't do anything. And they, if that was their goal of the game, um, they they had a really good game because he did nothing. You know who ran for more yards? Frank Gore, a hundred <laughs> year old Frank Gore, um, ten carries for thirty yards. Um, it's a yeah. joke. I mean, it's an absolute joke that he is, and I, and I take nothing away from Frank Gore. He is a Hall of Fame player, but this is really ruining his records because he is <sighs> just carrying that ball way too much for the Jets. I know when Bell left, it, it very much looked like he was their only option, um, and, and it certainly does look like that. But nah, it, I kind of feel sad for him because he's had such a storied career. Um, and now he's wasting away with the Jets. If anyone goes into the office today and demands a trade, it's, it's Frank Gore, um, probably to the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Jets players are just all play for the Chiefs. Um, it, it was a tough game uh, for the Jets. It's a tough game if you're a, a Jets fan. I, I don't envy Jets fans whatsoever. Um, so it finished 35 to 9. Um, it got interesting for us. Um, you had taken the, the Chiefs to win by 20. Uh, I had taken them by 30. So I, I know. just win. Just. Uh, yeah. And I mean, like, this is, uh, we we both knew it was going to be a blowout. But I mean, I guess like part of me always kind of hopes that it's going to end up being a little bit closer than like our predictions. But it, it was, it wasn't even fair. Um, and I'd obvious that Sam Darnold is not the answer for them. And it's obvious that Adam Gase is not the answer for them. They, they're in complete rebuild um, mode for 2021. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know why they just don't probably trade away anyone that has somewhat of a salary on their team so that they can go out during free agency and um, in the draft and hopefully rebuild that team. Yeah, yeah, they they need to do something. Um, what is the the next game that you have coming up? I have the the game that 
both you and I gave a lot of flack over the, just, to just the Miami Dolphin coaches <laughs> because they sat Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua. And I was like, hmm, Who's Ryan I don't Fitzpatrick? know about this. Yeah. <laughs> but they came out and they beat they, the Miami Dolphins, beat the LA Rams, and they're just continuing to win. I mean, it's not like Tua had an amazing game. I mean, he didn't even throw for 100 yards. But again, he he won. Um, and Jared Goff threw for over 350 yards, but he had those two interceptions. They really could never get the running game going. And that defense for Miami, I don't know where they came from, but holy cow, they, they played awesome. They really came out and put – gave Miami the the lead the win um because they they just dominated in that second uh second quarter so you know I guess it really doesn't matter who's that quarterback for the Dolphins right now might as well let Tua get some some playing time in these games because their defense is just going to come out there and help them win yeah um the the Dolphins just it was it was the first half was good the second half was poor there was really not a lot going on in the second half but the first half it was all Miami uh it was all they needed um in all fairness but you're right I mean he, he too I didn't have the greatest of games uh but at the end of the day he picks up the win uh that's what's important they win 28 to 17 um you and I both took the Rams um to win this and I think we both did it based upon the Rams last week because the Rams last week looked like they were back. But I think what we're seeing from the Rams is inconsistency. One week they're good, the next week they're bad. One week they're good. And I don't even think it matters who they're playing because really on paper, they beat the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, it, it just wasn't, wasn't to be. So um, yeah, we'll have to move on from that one um <laughs> thankfully um the, the Steelers and the Ravens uh were the next game um that we were looking at the Steelers just can someone can anyone beat the Steelers this year the the Steelers just we've we've mentioned a couple of weeks in a row now where the Steelers look or go into a matchup looking like they're the underdog and then they come out looking like smelling a rose well smelling a roses because they actually go into the game and they just pound the ball pound the defense and they just seem to keep winning this one was a lot tighter than, than previous games but big bad ben roethlisberger just there's is there any any stopping him yeah he is he's looking very well rested um i mean and it's again like he's not having to do it all um you know, he, he didn't have a hundred and he only had 182 yards throwing the ball. Uh, but the, the thing is, is that Lamar Jackson's making mistakes. Um, he had, I think three fumbles in the game. I mean, he lost three fumbles and he, he lost two of them. So they were able to recover one of them, but I mean, he's, he's struggling. He's getting rattled very easily. Um, he had the interceptions and he's, he's taking this team out of the game. Um, and they've, they've got to figure a way to get Lamar Jackson calmed down so that he's able to, uh, make some of these, you know, game changing plays that he's, he's kind of become known for I mean, he's definitely having a bit of a MVP slump this year compared to how he was last year. Um, 
he's, you know, they had 65 rushing yards, which is amazing from a quarterback. But I, I mean, they're the, the, looking at the Baltimore stat line, they, they had more yards um, than the Steelers did overall, more total yards, but they had a ton of turnovers and they have to clean that up if they want to win any games. Um, and the, the Steelers just took advantage of it. They, they made fewer mistakes. So um, they only had one turnover for the whole game. So I think that that's the, a huge, a huge sign um, as to why the game ended up being the way and going the way that it did. Yeah. I think the, the, the Steelers just, as I say, grind them out on the Ravens side where you, I mean, they are five and two still, but on the Ravens side, Lamar just doesn't really, it's not like he's lost a step. He's definitely not lost a step because he's still fast, but it's all, it's almost as if there's something in his brain. That's just, it's like his brain's moving slower than his body. I, I don't know what it is. He just doesn't look comfortable. Um, it's probably the easiest way to describe it. It finishes 28, 24. It was a really close game all the way. Um, <laughs> I did have the Steelers to win. I had them winning by five. Um, so I was pretty close. Uh, and it was the second half that, that really did it for, for Pittsburgh. They, I mean, they won it in the third quarter. They, they scored uh, 14. So, um, and they never really relinquished um, at all. And, and like you say, it's strange for a team to win with so few traveling yards. But then when the other team's got so many turnovers, and any sport that you play, whether it be football, basketball, ice hockey, whatever it might be, you get that many turnovers in a game, you're, you're driving the bus the wrong way down the hill. So um, it's it wasn't easy. Um, so, yeah, I, I win that one. Um, what we'll do now is we will have a look at the trade deadline. Um, we will um, cover off the Sunday late games and also Monday night football. Okay, so we are back with the um, sleepy trade deadline. Um, <laughs> not really a lot to tell you about the trade deadline other than Antonio Brown was activated by the Buccaneers, which I think pretty much everyone knew was going to happen. Um, they punted some guy off to the waivers, not too interested in him. That was probably all already on the cards. Katie, were there any moves that you thought might happen that have just not? Yeah, I thought that the Packers would be going after another wide receiver. Um, I, I know that you know they had expressed interest in a couple of the receivers from the Texans, but I guess that the asking price was just a little bit too high. Um, and yeah, I mean, talk about a snooze of a trade deadline. Trade deadline. It was it was pretty boring, honestly. Um, I guess like the biggest news was Avery Wilson Williamson being traded from uh or traded to the Steelers so I mean like I guess that's that's pretty big news I, I I mean I guess I just I expected there to be more um and it maybe because of COVID it, people were kind of thinking yeah you know we we can expand our into our uh practice squad so there's no reason to really go out there and make any giant trades if someone's gonna end up getting COVID or something anyways um yeah, it, it was kind of a boring, a boring trade deadline. I thought that again that Aaron Rodgers would get some help. I thought that the Houston Texans were going to be sellers, and I thought that Stephon Gilmore was going to be traded. So, um, yeah, it's 
Well, not very much happened. Maybe something will happen later tonight, but I mean, it's it's uh, a weird a weird trade deadline for sure. Sometimes there's the odd one that just slips under the radar and no one notices until the next day, and they're like, oh, hang on, how did that guy end up there? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe everyone, uh, all the teams are. In fact, all the teams, a lot of the teams are not in their buildings because they're being used as polling stations for the election. So maybe with no one in the office, everyone, everyone <laughs> forgot that it was a trade deadline. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, and there was, there was one trade that I thought was uh, kind of confusing, but uh, was, was Isaiah Ford going from Miami go- to the New England Patriots. And I know that Julian Edelman got, just got hurt. So he's, the, you know, the Patriots were already thin at receiver. So it's just interesting that uh, a division, uh, a trade happened within the division mid-season, and the fact that uh, Miami traded away somebody because again they're winning games, the Patriots are not. <laughs> so I, I'm, I was like, well, that why are they trading away players when they're winning, and then you know the, the Patriots are losing games and they're, I don't know, it's it it was an interesting trade to me for sure. Yeah, definitely a strange one, especially interdivisional one. Yeah. Something you don't see a whole lot. Um, yeah, so pretty much a, a snooze fest <laughs> of a, a trade deadline. I don't think in, in watching sports um, for so many years have I ever seen a trade deadline fall flat on its face. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think it might be a case of COVID and, and them not wanting to move players around teams it may have a, a stake in that. Um, we will get back to our Sunday games, uh, Sunday late games. Um, the first one we have up was an absolute nail-biter. Um, it went to overtime. It was actually an outstanding game, probably one of the games of the day. It was the New Orleans Saints beating the Chicago Bears 26-23. This was a tight game, but what I want to talk about is Taysom Hill because <laughs> this confused the heck out of me. I seen Drew Brees sitting on the sideline or standing, um, chilling out, talking to his boys, while Taysom Hill was standing at quarterback. However, all he did was run up the middle. It was like straight out. And I have seen this play done before. However, not the amount of times that they, <laughs> that they did it. And it was just, he just took the ball and he just ran. And in and, and all fairness to him, he ran five times for 35 yards. So an average of seven yards, pretty decent. However, I know Drew Brees is, you know, getting on in the years, but surely he can last the whole game before needing his afternoon nap. Yeah, it, <laughs> I remember you and I were chatting about that because um, <laughs> it was so, you're like, what is going on? I get that he's, you know, getting on in years, but come on, man, play a whole game. (laughs) I mean, Taysom Hill is so hard because I think, you know, he had a reception touchdown. He had 35 rushing yards and he's a quarterback. So, I mean, like, as far as fantasy goes, it's kind of just like, what, quit giving the ball to this guy because you know he's on nobody's roster as a quarterback. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's, he provides a different level to that Saints offense. Um, and it was, like you said, it was a really good game. This the Saints and, and Bears game came right down to the wire. And this, despite the Saints being without Emmanuel Sanders, without being, you know, Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas has missed six games already this year. It's just crazy to me. But they're, they're finding ways to win. And that's what good teams do. 
and um, I didn't think it was going to be this close with the Bears, to be honest with you. I thought that the Saints were going to come out and be a little bit stronger, but despite being so deflated with their wide receiver corp, they, it ended up being a good game. Uh, Alvin Kamara did what he's been doing week after week. He stepped up and being that leading rusher and leading receiver and um, just finding ways to help his team win. Yeah, I thought the, the Saints were dead and out of it. Um, they come back in, take it to overtime, uh, and then and then win in overtime. It was, it was. I mean, I remember on Red Zone, Scott Hansen was like, "Oh, if this game goes on any longer, we're gonna have to cut our feet." And I was like, "No, <laughs> um, don't cut your feet." Um, some kind of broadcasting rules or something like that. Um, so here in the UK, we probably had to watch it the next day on on highlights. Uh, this was end to end brilliant game, both ends of uh, both sides of the ball, defense and offense. It had everything in it. Um, you had taken the Saints by 10. Um, I had taken the Saints by 8, so I thankfully to pick up the win there. Uh, <laughs> but it was a, a great game to watch, a good advert for, for the game of football. Um, I felt Nick Foles, you know, he was pretty decent. You know, he he didn't really put make too many mistakes. Um, and I, I think, actually, the Bears could make the playoffs uh, and do it quite comfortably they may even just skip out the wild card game but um it'll be tough for them to do it but i think they're definitely well worth a, a playoff shout so well done to the bears and the saints for having such a, a, an awesome game um, it was great to watch um the next one we have what do you have katie wow the 49ers and the seahawks um man the the injuries just keep on common for the 49ers uh you know they're they're gonna be without George Kittle now for a while Jimmy G's not looking so good he's gonna miss some time again Nick Mullins though came right into the game and kept his team in it um you know they scored 20 in the fourth quarter to at least make it look a little bit of a closer game um you know than it than it really was I mean it was seven to you know 20 30, I don't know, you have to do math, 28 or something after the third quarter. So, I mean, like it, the, the Seahawks had this game uh, kind of in their well, back pocket. The, the Seahawks do this though. They will take yeah. a big lead and then they'll just, they'll just kind of chill out for the rest of the game if they, if they can. Um, they scored 14 in the, in the third quarter. So they were up massively. Um, they did score 10 in, in the, in the fourth, but I mean, they had the game totally won. I mean, the rest of the game was pretty much garbage time and, Mullen, I think, probably looks a bit better than he is um, just based on that. I, I don't think – I think Jimmy G going down is, is catastrophic for, for the 49ers. I've seen a lot of people on social media, um, I think Colin Coward um, had said that, you know, he doesn't think Jimmy G will be with the 49ers next season. Um, he reckons they're going to bring someone else. The 49ers have a 4-4 four and four record. And given the amount of injuries that they've had, I looked at the list of injuries that they have at the moment and that they've had all season. And I'm going to be honest, I lost count twice and just gave up <laughs> because there's that many. How not it a testament to, to the guys that are actually there that they don't have a losing record right now? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's crazy is it just goes to show you the depth of talent that the 49ers have. I mean... Again, the, the amount of injuries that they have on that team is just insane. And yet 
they're they're 500. I mean, don't count them out yet. They're they're still in this race. They're still in the hunt. Um, and you know, it's it's too bad that they're that they are only at 500 because they're just imagine if they didn't have the injuries that they've had this year um, as to how good they could be. But yeah, the, the Seahawks right now, it's their division to lose. They're, they're looking really good. Um, Russell Wilson, like I said, continues to have his MVP caliber season, four touchdowns, 261 yards. Um, even without, you know, uh, Carlos Hyde, without Chris Carson, they're still trying to, to run the ball and, and get some you know, rushing yards, but their, their, their wide receivers are just remarkable. One of them, you know, whether last week it was TJ or Tyler Lockett and this week it was DK Metcalf and one week, one of them is consistently just going off. Um, so they're so fortunate that they have such two uh, talented receivers and that Russell Wilson's just, okay, well, Lockett's going to be, you know, marked up by so-and-so this week. So I'm going to look DK's way and he's a good enough receiver that he can step into that number one role like that they, they're in a really good position um, and it's going to be their their division to lose they're they're looking really really good this year yeah um, I think as well um, they just they just look so comfortable like nothing's it's almost as Pete Carroll's giving them Valium or something <laughs> they just look so <laughs> relaxed they go out do their job and then sit back for the rest of the game and just, you know, uh, defence, go out, go and have some beers with the offence. Uh, you know, it, it just looks so relaxed. And I think that could be the difference between winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl. The way Pete Carroll coaches them, it isn't a, I'm, a, I'm the coach, I'm hard, I'm going to make you do A, B and C like a Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is very... He, sh- he kind of shields himself away from players. Whereas I think Pete Carroll, he'll put his arm around a player. Right, son, what's wrong? What can I do? You know, where are things going wrong? And he likes to have a conversation with the players. And I think that style of coaching suits the, the Seahawks players that he has just now. And, and that's what's working well for them. Um, we both, oh no, you took the Seahawks. Oh man. And yep. for the second game, you have uh, got it on the nose. It was a win by 10. So well done by you. Um, I taken the 49ers, obviously not knowing that Jimmy G was going to go out injured. Uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, we will uh, move it along then to a game that both of us had um, contentious comments on last week. It was the Chargers <laughs> and the Broncos. Oh, no. uh, there was a lot of late drama in this one. A lot of late drama. Um, and the Broncos win. And they win it. And I'm going to say they win it on their ass because that's exactly what it took. Um, <laughs> the catch in the end zone on his ass, even though I said his right leg was up. But <laughs> apparently it counts because his bum counts as his feet. Um, yep. I was not happy about that at all. Um, <laughs> Okay, so your Broncos won, so go on, give it to me. Yes, yes, my Denver Broncos, who you were like, what? No way, the Broncos are terrible. Da, 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 da. Okay, and our D- our offense really is not that good. Um, let's be honest. At the end of the first half, it was not a pretty game. The they, they looked lost. They looked they were struggling. They they had they couldn't move the ball offensively, and then. 
first you know possession of the third quarter chargers just march right down the field and score it's 21 to 3 and it's like wow well so much so much for this game we're not even going to be in it and drew lock says no guys uh we're we are in this we're going to win this game watch and he just comes right out and he he won that game for for the broncos in the in the fourth quarter it, it was such a good game and the defense again stepped up they were able to intercept justin herbert twice and that's one thing that herbert's been able to do it's just i, I he did have that great great pass um passing touchdown i think it was the the one that right at the beginning of the third quarter where he, i think he even i think that williams caught it one-handed because it just literally yeah. dropped right into his arms so i mean like talk about an amazing throw but um yeah the broncos defense they they stepped up and gave herbert some some headaches and were pressuring him and uh drew lock came back and won the game with one second left man that, like this was this was the broncos fan it was a very very exciting game to watch were you jumping up and down i take it i was yes yes i was i um i also don't have like any fingernails left on this hand because i was a nervous wreck just chewing them and oh my gosh are they gonna be able to do it are they gonna do it and um i mean it was it was exciting i mean like it's been a while for you know since we've seen uh our offense come together and kind of put together consistent drives like they were able to do in that fourth quarter um but they just they just came right out and you know philip Lindsay looked awesome i mean he you know rushed or only had six carries but he had 83 yards um on six carries and uh yeah it the, the defense is what i think that we were they were frustrated um at the end of the after that first touchdown on, in the third quarter but broncos offense came back and said hey guys don't don't give up yet we're gonna get back in this and that's that was the difference maker the the defense was able to limit it after that uh, that first possession touchdown to just field goals and, and that made a big difference. So we have had a question come in. Um, so we'll give a, a shout out to the Facebook group, Denver Broncos UK. Um, so we've had a question come in from Gabriella Schaefer. I hope I pronounced all that right. Um, she has said that there's a theory that Elway is deliberately not picking a good quarterback because he doesn't want someone to tarnish and or outshine his legacy. Now, obviously, they, they did have quite a big quarterback that, that helped them win a Super Bowl um, quite recently uh, in Manning, but Manning has his own legacy. I mean, that wasn't going to um, affect Elway. Um, is, is, this, is this a true story? I don't think so at all. I think that um, it is it is surprising as to how poor some of the quarterback selections have been. I mean, uh, let's let's not forget about Paxton Lynch, uh, you know, uh, Captain Morgan. <laughs> uh, he, he was a terrible uh, first round pick by, by Elway. But I mean, maybe there is something with Drew Locke. I mean, he's no Justin Herbert. Um, he's no Josh Allen, who we, we skipped over in order to get Bradley Chubb. But I mean, there... <laughs> It is, it is surprising as to how poor some of his selections have been with uh, quarterbacks. Um, what surprises I, for me is he is a quarterback. So surely he would know. But the game has changed. The oh, yeah, game has yeah. changed since he was a quarterback. So, I mean, and I think that that is some of the things that he's, um, 
struggled with as, from, from picking a, a quarterback is he probably is looking for guys that remind him of himself. I mean, that's think about Peyton Manning. He, he not a very mobile quarterback kind of just stood in the pocket and, you know, a gunslinger. Um, but, and then that's kind of what he was trying to, to draft every year was that gunslinging quarterback. And yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a problem because um, he's been looking for guys with that big arm and the, the quarterback position has evolved. Um, I know that he, but prior to Colin Kaepernick getting, you know, blackballed from the, uh, from the NFL, like he did give an offer to Kaepernick to come in and play for the Broncos and uh, Kaepernick turned it down because he wanted more money. So, I mean, like maybe that was kind of his like, okay, well maybe we do need to have more of a mobile quarterback. No, no, but I think that that's silly that he doesn't want his uh, reputation tarnished. I think that honestly, he probably has more pride in him being a, a GM than he did as a, a quarterback. Because I mean, John Elway is, you know, like, it's like Jesus here in, in Denver. I mean, he's, he's can do no wrong. Um, and so, I mean, I think that that is part of the reason why he still has a job as a GM is just because of his name. And um, he prides himself a lot in his name. So I think that it's, it's interesting uh, to think that someone would just, uh, he wouldn't draft a good quarterback. Cause I mean, the Broncos is in his blood um, and he wants to win. Uh, I think just as much as anyone else, like they'll still think he has his competitive drive, but I just think that he's, it, the biggest problem for him is that he's trying to compare quarterbacks to himself. So, and the game's evolved. That, that is something that, that I've seen, I've seen online a lot when I actually went in and kind of researched it, a lot of the feeling is that he's just trying to draft himself um, or, or the next John Elway. Um, and that's that's not always, like you say, the game's evolved. You've got Cam Newton, you've got Kyler Murray, very, very mobile quarterbacks. And um, that's that's definitely not the type of quarterback, the, the John Elways of, of the 90s. Of, uh, that's just not going to work. Um, even the legs of Troy Aikman and stuff, they, they weren't very mobile at all. Um, they were just big guys that could throw the ball. Yeah, and I mean, like in the part of the time too, like, I mean, at, at that time, John Elway was considered more of a mobile quarterback, but, you know, but that's, again, how the game has evolved since he's played. I mean, he was considered a mobile quarterback. Um, so I, it's it's really interesting, but I think that sometimes, like, he was searching so hard, and that's why to, to find that next quarterback, to find that next John Elway, and so he was searching so hard, and he was looking for the wrong things, and so that's why, again, he in that strong quarterback class of Sam Darnold, which uh, now, but, uh, you know, Sam Darnold and having, you know, Josh Allen, and there's all these quarterbacks to choose from. And we needed, you know, the Broncos needed a quarterback and he went with the best player available. And I think that was, that was him just kind of being like, look, I would feel better taking a quarterback in the second round and just hoping it turns out <laughs> as opposed to taking another first round flyer and getting a Paxton Lynch. I'd rather just go with the best guy on the board that I know is going to be able to come in and make a difference on this team. And um, that's what we got with Bradley Chubb. And I think that, you know, with Drew Locke, he, it's taking him a little bit longer to, to find his footing, but hopefully he's, he's able to continue kind of growing and, and having more games like he did uh, against the Chargers. And, and he got the win and he got the win against a pretty decent quarterback uh, and Justin Herbert, who has had, although the Chargers have a, a losing record. I mean, they, they, they're worth more. Uh, than that um you took the broncos i had taken the chargers so so you win that one good yeah. job by you um the next game we will fly over 
literally, because it's the Eagles, um, at home to the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys. Here's my notes for the Cowboys. No defense, no quarterback, no running back. Um, pretty much a losing season for the Cowboys. Yeah, and it sounds like you can be without Andy Dalton for another week too. Um, Live with that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the the Cowboys. They're in a world of hurt. Talk about um, such high expectations at the beginning of the season, and then just coming out and putting this out there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, they do have two wins, but it's it's not looking pretty. I mean, those those wins <laughs> came off the back of of Dak, who who's yeah, no. not there anymore, and. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, like he, if it wasn't for the offensive game that he was having, because Ezekiel wasn't there, well, he's there, but he's not really there. Um, he was too busy fumbling the ball and the defense was just non-existent. So I, I think I, I can actually see the Cowboys <sighs> not winning another game this season. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're that far off, to be honest with you. Um, I think that the it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to win games. I mean, the the Eagles. This is a game that they very easily could have won because the Eagles, they're struggling. Carson Wentz is struggling this year. I mean, he had uh, four turnovers uh, just himself. I mean, he had two lost fumbles and two interceptions. So I mean, like Carson Wentz isn't doing his team any favors and and keeping them in the the game. Um, so I mean this was a game that the Cowboys could have come out and tried to at least win uh, an, an NFC East game. And so it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys the rest of the year. Um, I really think the only games that they're going to have a chance of winning are against those NFC East teams. And um, they lost pretty bad to the Eagles on, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so we both took the Eagles to win. Um, you taking them by three, I taking them by seven. So I win. Uh, that game. <laughs> um, right then, so our final game is the Buccaneers at the Giants. And I'm going to be yeah. honest, I didn't obviously watch this game live because um, I have to sleep at some point. Uh, <laughs> it was on at like 1 a.m. So when I woke up, I thought, right, I'm going to turn on the, the Buccaneers-Giants game. Made the mistake of looking at my phone, so I've seen the score. And I was like, okay, now I really need to watch this game because how the heck did this go down? So it looks very much Brady left it late to claim the victory, but he really showed what kind of a veteran quarterback that he is. Yeah, it's um, I, I couldn't believe it when because I, I didn't I, I was out with some some girlfriends for a for dinner and um, it was crazy to me that I was like, well, wait that. This, this is a close game. <laughs> so um, it, it was a really good game. I think that Tom, like you said, Tom Brady came back and, and showed that he still has, um, he knows the ways to, to come in and, and win those games. Gronk is getting more involved every week. Um, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when Godwin and Brown are both back and healthy, who, uh, if, who's going to be catching the touchdowns, if it's going to be Evans or Gronk or who it is going to be, but there's so many weapons for Brady. Um, that and they just got another one as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy to me. But I mean, like, and it, I I gotta love the Giants, um, and they're just their their effort. <laughs> it's they're they're out so many players, and uh, well, they're they're out such a big player, not so many, such a big player in Saquon Barkley, and um, the 
rest of the team is still there and they're just trying to do what they can to to keep their team in uh in these games and the fact that they went toe to toe with the buccaneers does say a lot about their heart and it says a lot about you know you and i talked about daniel jones trying to do it all um and so then that's where mistakes were starting to happen and i think that maybe that's what they were talking about during this week was hey you don't need to do it all um granted you know they still didn't have much of a running game out of gallman and morris but uh the the rest of the wide receiver corp is throw it to us we'll, we'll get open there's someone that's going to be open and um yeah it was it was a great game um from from the giants and i think it's something for them to be encouraged about i think that there's two sides of new york there's the jets and the giants the jets who don't give a crap about this season um and are, are really focused on losing every game that they can to get the number one pick and then dump their coach <laughs> um, and then there's the Giants who, you know, they're they're one and seven. I mean, they could be as bad as the Jets. Um, but like you say, you look at the actual results that they've had. They're not a million miles away from potentially winning games. They are a Saquon Barkley away from winning games. Yeah. So and, and and that's a shame because obviously he's he is so good. Um, Daniel Jones threw two interceptions. That's that's not going to help you. Uh, but at the same time, his defense came on. They did a job. It was a two-point game in the end. And I, I do feel that the Giants are worth watching this season simply because they do put in an effort. Um, it's not I just care. a, oh, we're going to turn up, we're going to sit in our asses and let this team walk all over us, much like the the, the Jets have been doing. Um I think the Jets have gone down the Philadelphia 76ers route, whereas we're just going to tank until we get some number one picks and then we'll, you know, we'll be good in about 15, 20 But this years. is the thing, like, like you just said, there's two totally different ways of playing football in New York right now. They're both, I mean, like the Giants only have one win, but it looks like, I mean, like they're trying, they're trying hard and they're in these games. Whereas with the Jets, they just look like they're a mess out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's not pretty. Um, you had taken the um, Buccaneers by fourteen. This is the t- this is a decider. Um, you taking them by fourteen. I taking them by twenty one. Yes, yes. And who's in the lead of the picks? That's me. Well, I've got some, I've got some bad news for you though. No. Because if I go to my my notes, um. I won six games this week. You won five. Oh. <laughs> Although you did have two on the nose. Like you, you got two results <laughs> on, absolutely on the nose. Um, so after me losing three weeks in a row, <laughs> um, I finally get one back. Um, so, yeah, it, it's 4-3 to me. I'm happy. Uh, and you beat me in fantasy. Man. And I beat you in fantasy. So that Broncos win is looking so bright now. Um, <laughs> so, so no, I, I, I'll, I will happily take the win. Um, right, okay, so let's talk about teams. We didn't do this last week because um, we wanted a, a bit of a week's breather. Um, let's pick some teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. I am going for the Houston Texans. I think their record sums up where they are. I think they lost, we've both spoken about this, they lost a lot of pieces um, in the off-season, pieces that they really should have held on to. 
uh, and they I think they're dead and buried. I think they're they're out of the playoffs. Yep, I 100% agree with you. The Texans are done. The Texans are done. And it's too bad because they have so much talent with Deshaun Watson. Um, but you know what? He's got to find some ways to get the balls to, to, to the other guys that are still on his team. Um, especially if that's what good quarterbacks do. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's not that, you know, he's, he's playing out there with a bunch of slums, but I mean, he, he could have used a, a solid wide receiver draft pick this year. And um, they go on my core, but you imagine. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, can you imagine if like Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs or someone would have been drafted by the Packers instead um, I like that just the kind of boost it would have given them, especially with Lazard being injured. So, I mean, if good quarterbacks are going to find ways to make the players around them better, and Deshaun Watson has not been able to do that yet this year, I think that picking the Texans to not make the playoffs is good. Uh, for me, I am going to go with the Washington footballers. I don't think that they have a chance, um, with or without <laughs> doing Haskins. You've not been big on them, let's be honest, from the start of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. And I mean, like, a lot of it was before because you know they had Haskins in at quarterback but I still think that even with Kyle Allen in um there's there's not much hope for them and uh yeah I'm picking the Washington football team to to miss the 2020 playoffs so what I would say is that in that division the Cowboys and the Giants we, we actually both have out the only other team in that division is the Eagles mm -hmm. so you reckon that the Eagles and they have a tie the Eagles so their record's a bit kind of screwed up because um, if that's a loss then they're on the same record as the, the football team and um, if it's a win then they're they're two ahead so you reckon Eagles are, are going to outlast the football team yeah they're going to get back Ertz soon um, and Wentz is making mistakes but I think that once he kind of starts cleaning up some of those uh, poor passing decisions that he's making and then just trying to hold on to the ball that they're they do have a, a pretty good defense around them um i think that they're the best team in a bad division so yeah that is a terrible division um, <laughs> absolutely no doubt and i think that's why the cowboys were were so big on this year because they looked at the other teams in the division and they were like we'll beat them we'll beat them we'll beat them we'll beat them and obviously it's not kind of it's not went that way, and um, I think even with Dak, there yeah. was he was probably going to eventually, maybe in week 10, 11, 12, he was eventually going to be put in a position that Daniel Jones is in in New York, where he's just going to run out of steam because he's just doing everything himself. So, uh, yeah, pretty good picks, I think, that, uh, the Texans and the football team. Um, how, do you have any plugs this week? Yeah. So, I mean, as always, you know, follow, follow me on social media, follow me on Instagram at next.step.social. And uh, I do have a, a great free video training um, on my website, head over to my website, nextstepsocialcommunications.com, click on the free training tab, and um, you'll get some great tips on how to avoid the three biggest, three biggest mistakes that small businesses make with social media and how to avoid them. Just some really great knowledge to um, try and avoid so that you are, are bringing some life and getting results out of your social media accounts. Um, whether you are a, a brand, a business, um, an entrepreneur, there's lots of great tips in that free training video. So again, head over to my website at nextstepsocialcommunications.com and click on the free training tab. Awesome. Um, I might do that later on. Um, 
got a couple of days off work it's fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> i like even have a couple of days off um i don't know if my wife does though because then i'm around the house but uh, there you go and um, thank you so much uh for joining us uh, again for uh, what was a a surprisingly good week of football. Uh, we did spend most of the the, get, the day on Collide, um, having a chat. That was with fun. Um, yeah, that was fun. Thanks so to everyone that came. We're going to do something similar this weekend. We're just working it out with Collide just now, um, so we'll hopefully be back on there this weekend. Um, either doing a game, doing a bit of red zone, something uh, along those lines. So please uh, do download the app uh, and join us on Collide. Uh, but for now, Katie, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you to Katie for joining us again um, for the week eight review. Uh, well, there's so many good games, so much to talk about, um, which is why the podcast is so long, um, but it was well worth it. Um, so we have uh, Clyde this weekend. Um, please join us, Join, uh, download the app and join us. Um, it was a lot of fun last week, as we've said. Um, a lot of talking points um, and referee decisions and good plays, bad plays, people landing on the rest and scoring touchdowns. Um, do join us, though, on Collide. Link's on the app. Um, we'll put it on social media everywhere as well, so you can click on that. Um, talking social media, get us on Instagram and Facebook, Across the Pond Sports Pod, and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Other than that, um, we've got another show for you coming up, our preview to week nine. Um, and also, um, we will have an NBA show uh, having a look at the NBA draft that happens this Sunday. Sports Social Podcast Network. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.